The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. And they're off! Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. And thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, going to have a great show for you, I can guarantee you that. No technical difficulties uh, this week. Have two great guests. Uh, the first one's a gentleman that's never been on the show before. His name is Ed Crothers, and Ed is one of those rare individuals that you would call a horse whisperer. Uh, he's got so many different things going for him. I've known Ed for many, many years. Uh, he has probably broken over 2,000 horses during his career, a lifelong horseman, second generation. But uh, what he specializes in is taking horses that have gone sour or don't want to train anymore, don't want to go to the track, and Ed is able to get on these horses or touch these horses and feel where the problem is and tell a chiropractor or a veterinarian what it is they need to work on. Uh, Ed, ironically, also uh, has in his barn one of the uh, main horses that played silver in the Lone Ranger. Arctic Bright View is the name of the horse. I was out at the farm last week. Absolutely stunning white thoroughbred who is currently standing stud in Ohio. So he's doing double duty, one of those actors that gets a little bit on the side. You're going to enjoy Ed Crothers, great down-home guy, uh, but uh, an amazing horseman. And then a uh, gentleman that's no stranger to the Winning Ponies audience is uh, Tom Law. Of course, now he's the managing editor of ST Publishing. They put out the Saratoga Special. Now, you're going to be able to get that online, and if you happen to be walking down Union Ave, they'll probably put one in your hand, and it's free. And uh, he uh, brings his uh, marketing sales and editorial efforts uh, up there now. He's uh, with Saratoga Springs. As you know, he used to be the editor of the Thoroughbred Times, uh, working with the Clancy Brothers. Uh, He's an Eclipse Award-winning person involved with the media, and uh, Tom's just a great guy, and a Pretty darn good handicapper, too, so hopefully uh, we're going to be uh, giving you a slew of winners since he is grew up in Saratoga and he's based there now. We're going to concentrate on three races from Saratoga, the Schuylerville, the Chuvie, and the Coaching Club American Oaks. Of course, uh, Del Mar opened this week. We can't ignore them, and there's a really evenly matched group in the Eddie Reed, so we'll be handicapping that. Also in this segment, we'll review last week's picks that we went over with handicapper extraordinaire Ed Meyer. So anyhow, uh, tomorrow the gates open, 11 o'clock at Saratoga. Just a slew of events going on. As you recall, we talked with Eric Wing a couple weeks ago, and uh, Eric told us about the you know, the 150th anniversary and all that's going to be going on. I mean, here's a track that could probably just open their gates and have you know, full uh, crowd every single day, but instead they're really putting their uh, foot forward. Uh, They've got the Family Fridays uh, for, uh, you know, an event with uh, 
family-friendly activities for all ages. Uh, then they've got the uh, Saratoga Frontside Tours, uh, where you can get an inside look at the historic track, uh, 930, 1030, 11:30 uh, every morning. And uh, then they got a pretty cool promotion called the Coca-Cola Best Bet, where uh, for five bucks you get an adult grandstand admission, a post-parade program, hot dog, and a Coke. And of course, the popular Talking Horses broadcast will be back. That's presented by the Daily Racing Forum. This is their fourth year. Now, uh, as you know, if you watch the simulcast, it's conducted uh, live in front of the carousel at Saratoga Racecourse. But if you can't get there, you can get the broadcast live every day at www.naira.com. And they do have the inside scoop of what's going on uh, at Saratoga. So that's something you, you definitely want, want to check out. And, of course, uh, our, our friends at Old Friends, they're going to have one of their uh, first uh, fundraisers of the summer there, Old Friends at Cabin Creek. Uh, it's July 20th at the Saratoga Polo Club, and there are tickets still available. Contact Old Friends for information where you can purchase tickets. Uh, you can uh, go to their uh, website and get that information. But interesting auction items. One is Frankel's pennant from his 2012 Sussex victory signed by the jockey and the trainer, Sir Henry Cecil, who, sad to say, recently passed away. And also Cigars Breeders' Cup Classic Silks autographed by Bill Mott, Jerry Bailey, and Mr. and Mrs. Alan Paulson. Those are just two of the great uh, items that will be up for auction for our good friends at old friends. All right, well, Del Mar opened up this week. Opening day attendance slipped, but that didn't affect the handle. The on-track handle grew by 2.5%, and all sources handle was up 3.5%. Uh, some of the old times are saying, hey, you know, uh, they still got over 40,000 people. You can't complain about that, but they said it made it a little bit more manageable uh, for some of the betters there, and uh, that may have accounted for some of the on-track handle. It was a kind of a fun weekend uh, around here, I have to admit. I uh, went down into Kentucky on Sunday, and uh, Spendthrift Farm had their open house. As you recall, we had Ned Toffee on, oh, about two months back, talking about uh, some of the things going on at Spendthrift. And I'll tell you what, what a gorgeous facility and what a solid lineup of stallions they've got ones that are just getting better and better as a matter of fact when we handicapped the coaching club american oaks uh, over half the field are sired by spendthrift farm stallions who also did pretty well uh, on monday at the uh, july sale before i go there went to the uh, kentucky horse park had an absolute blast the battle in the saddle this was celebrity team penning if you don't know what that is they get about 20 cows at one end of the arena and you've got to pick three of them out they assign all of them a number and you've got to peel them away there's three riders that do it and among the riders uh, that teamed up. There were three to a team. Uh, there was a trainer of Horse of the Year, Wise Dan. Chuck Lapresti was there. Uh, you had uh, Eclipse Award winner Pat Day, Hall of Famer Chris McCarron, uh, soon to be Hall of Famer Calvin Burrell, one of the all-time top women riders, uh, P.J. Cooksey was there. Uh, you even had the punter from the Cincinnati Bengals, Kevin Huber, and they did a great job. Now, uh, usually you have one celebrity and two professional rodeo uh, riders, 
the team that won was a father-daughter team with one professional, and that was Chris McCarron and his daughter, Stevie McCarron. That's her nickname. And they ended up winning the penning competition. Also, we're going to have on in a couple of weeks that we had on about a month ago, and that's one Hall of Famer, Jack Van Berg, was at Battle of the Saddle signing his book, Jack from Grit to Glory. So a great time had by all, and it benefited the Kentucky Horse Park Foundation, a great place. If you're ever near Lexington, do not miss a visit to the horse park. Got some great famous horses there, but the facility itself and the things you'll learn about horses in general, just fantastic. Well, it was awful hot on Monday for the Fazig Tipton sale, but nonetheless, they put on a great show and ended up having some excellent results. The first section was the yearlings, which was scheduled to be the only session originally, and uh, the the top seller uh, in there was uh, a filly by Desert Party that bought $450,000. Then they had the Horses of Racing Age sale. Some of those brought some good money. The top one, a horse that uh, we handicapped just two weeks ago, and that was Starship Truffles, who won the Grade 1 Princess Rooney. I guess you got a strike while the iron is hot. She came into the sale of 433000 in earnings, and her owners left the sale with another million dollars. Starship Truffles brought a million dollars. All the results are on Fazig Tipton's uh, website. Uh, Normandy Invasion looks like he might be out for the year. We're getting information uh, that they're still going to look at his hoof, but uh, they're kind of getting set back. He missed his last two workouts, and so he's definitely going to miss the curling at Saratoga, and they might just, uh, for the benefit of the horse, just kind of back off and, uh, you know, save him for next year. If he can't get it done this year, he certainly has a lot of upside to him, and they need to prove more, obviously, before they, they send him off off to stud. Uh, the Saratoga meet opens, which means the Belmont meet closed. And the uh, winners, well, Javier Castellano won the rider's title, and David Jacobson was atop the trainer standings. Uh, it was the first spring-summer meet title for both Castellano and Jacobson, who uh, Castellano won 72 races and Jacobson 44. Not bad at all. Now, uh, Castellano had won a fall meet title back in 2011 at, at Belmont Stakes. Behind him was Junior Alvarado, and Joel Rosario was third, but probably because he was out of town more often than not riding in graded stakes races. Of course, he's had a fantastic uh, a year. So, uh, Again, congratulations to Castellano and Jacobson. Also, congratulations to another guy that I've known personally over the years, Jackie Terry Thompson at Prairie Meadows on Sunday, 3,000th career victory. Uh, here's a guy that's lived a great life, a heady rider and a hard worker. Congratulations to Terry Thompson. Now, another jockey that. We're not sure what's going on. I was hoping to say Gomez was back in the saddle and looking forward to Delmar. Uh, Garrett started riding last week, and that was a story I was hoping to give you tonight. And uh, instead, um, Garrett Gomez took off his mouth again. Um, after he rode midweek last week, he was booked to ride uh, five of ten races on Wednesday. And, uh, again, because of family matters, he states, uh, he 
is, is off his mount. So just to send a prayer out to Garrett, I, I hope things are okay. Uh, some of the mounts that he's been taking off have come back and, and won uh, stakes races, and uh, w- wish him and, and his family nothing the best. Uh, let's take a look at some of the races that uh, we uh, handicapped last week and some we didn't have a chance to. Uh, one was marketing mix in the Sunset Handicap marketing mix took on the boys and she did it in style she made her first start going over a mile and a half on the turf and she was racing against the defending champion Dahmer and who was in the saddle aboard marketing mix well none other than veteran Gary Stevens pretty much put her on the lead and said catch me if you can boys and the boys could not catch her he just felt that uh, once he got her to relax they just kind of galloped the first part of the race that the mile and a half was not in doubt i will say that uh did have to uh keep going in the final 16th where uh, Dahmer was uh, putting in a very uh a close second but uh Nonetheless, held on. Congratulations to Marketing Mix, another one of the daughters of Medallia Oro, who had one heck of a weekend as a stallion. Uh, we're looking at uh, the races that I handicapped with Admire last week. Let's take a quick look when we go to Belmont Park, the Grade 1 Man of War. I said Hard to believe that Boisterous is a six-year-old and hasn't won a grade one. Well, can't make that statement anymore. The Suge McGahee trainee took the grade one man award at a mile and three furlongs, uh, besting Twilight Eclipse and 22-to-one shot exclusive strike. Then Colonial Downs, the winner was a gentleman we've had on Winning Pony several times, trainer Kenny McPeak, got home with War Dancer, Paying $16.80. Second was Charming Kitten, one of the three Kitten Joys horses in there. And third, with a really nice late surge, was a son of Warfront named Jack Milton, the winner war dancer, a son of Warfront 2. They do like the weeds. Then out at Hollywood Park, it was a win or you're in, and winning was book review, a horse that likes the West Coast, the Killer Bees, Rafa El Barano and Bob Baffert team up. This horse loves seven furlongs and one easy off the pace. Then we go to Chicago, the American Derby, and the winner was at 12-1, to 1, Infinite Magic, another one of those Team Valor horses. They got this horse from Europe and brought it over here. Infinite Magic scores in the grade three American Derby. It was a three-horse blanket finish. Running second was Admiral Kitten, and third was the nine, Stormy Len, who was really close and fast. And the last race we're going to look at was the Delaware Oaks, and the winner was number seven, Dancing a Fleet. Tim Ritchie trains, and he also trained the sire of Fleet Alex. You may recall him, a very confident ride. And uh, the winner again, Dancing a Fleet over Al St. Molly and Tell a Great Story. And speaking of telling great stories, a guy that can is Ed Crothers, and he's up next. You're listening to Winning Ponies. flagship station for sports voice america sports and they're off 
What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter, formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. Get ready for unpredictable fun and sometimes a sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left. to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover, everything. cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and again, with me is Ed Cross, a gentleman I've known for many, many years, one of the hardest-working guys in the business. Uh, I would go over his resume, but again, we'd run out of time, and so I'm going to ask you to, uh, to go, do, go to his website, uh, which is Good Horse Gone Bad, and uh, you will find out a lot about Ed and all the, the interesting things that, that he does. Uh, everything from inventing halters to, to breaking Mustangs and uh, teaching uh, uh, safety methods, uh, pain finder tools, uh, and, you know, just uh, some of the ways you can get a hold of Ed if you, in fact, want him to check your horse out or bring your horse to him to be looked at. Uh, but uh, as I know him, he came out of high school, uh, started managing farms throughout Ohio. I won't go into detail. I can just tell you he, he's uh, – been the manager of at least two farms that, that had well over 100 head on him at all time at different ages. And Ed's just a, an amazing guy at, at breaking horses. And I told you earlier in the show, uh, one of the uh, uh, primary horses in uh, the Lone Ranger playing silver is currently a resident at his farm. And with that all said, Ed Crothers, how you doing? I know you're staying busy. Uh, doing great. And thanks, John. Hey, uh, real quick, uh, before I, I get on to some of your uh, horsemanship methods, uh, what's it like uh, being around the White Stallion? I tell you, actually, when Paul Mason, the owner of Arctic Bright View, called me up and asked me if I'd like to stay in the horse here, I was uh, definitely excited. Um, you know, also, I grew up with the Lone Ranger movie, so actually, it's been a blast. I. I've took him to several events, the Equine Affair in Ohio, and I've had a great time. And the little kids that comes up and got their picture taken with him has just been fantastic. I mean, the kids and all the people just accept the white horse with open arms. 
It's well, you know, there's something great. mystifying about a, a white stallion. You know, there always has been in, in legend. I think of the many movies I've seen, um, and of course, I was a big fan of The Lone Ranger. Watched it every Saturday morning at my house. Um, but you think about some of the other cowboy movies and just movies over the years, it, it always seemed like the principal actor was on a white stallion, you know. So they just have that presence about them. And, yeah, and also this horse being a thoroughbred makes it even more unique, um, you know. And this year, you know, we had several mares that we bred to him. And the way it looks, uh, we're getting several calls for next year. So, you know, we're definitely pretty excited and going to be taking to other events and, you know, get his picture taken. And he does a few tricks and stand on his hind feet is one of his favorite tricks he loves to do. Well, I, I saw him out at your firm the other day. He was counting off, and he was rearing up, and uh, he looked like uh, quite, the, quite the character. And that's got to be awful hard to do with a horse that, that's a stallion, but obviously a very intelligent horse. But he's in good hands, and that's the main thing. Now, Ed, one of the things that uh, I've been out to your farm years ago when you were breaking horses, you jump off one, jump on another, jump off one, jump on another. But the, the, the whole concept of your, your website being called Good horse gone bad. What is it that you do? Is it is to to detect what's wrong? So I know some people say, "Hey, my horse is track sour. Or he doesn't want to go to train anymore." And I, I believe your process is to get on the horse yourself and kind of feel him out. What is it you're feeling, or what is that horse telling you? Well, the biggest thing is, you know, um, several years ago, I put an ad in that I specialize in unruly horses. Well, when that ad went in, it did not take very long to get plenty of those kind of horses. <laughs> so um, after I started hitting the ground uh, several times a day, I started studying and trying to figure out why these animals put in so much effort in getting rid of me. Uh, then I started realizing that these animals have several pain problems from neck, spine, hocks, ankles, to the point that when I asked the animal to turn to the right, ask for this, ask for that, uh, two or three pain places I would hit and cause this animal to explode. So then I started working on figuring out, and with help from veterinarians and chiropractors, and figuring and analyzing why these animals are doing what they're doing and start eliminating these little problems. Next thing I know, the real bad horse, unruly, became a horse that just didn't know how to be rode or how to turn to the right, and it was a whole lot easier to teach them to ride versus flipping over backwards and bucking. So most horses, and what I have come up with in a lot of my clinics, 90% of disrespect is pain-related problems. Very interesting. Now, do you try to solve the problem to yourself, or do you give the the owner, trainer, the tools to address the issue? Well, pretty much, you know, a lot of times, you know, I try to work on myself, get on a ride. Um, <clears throat> the biggest thing is most of the horses that are up to this level of I don't want to do anything, they have more than one pain problem. It's from it hurts here, I've got off of that pain problem, now I've got my body going over here until I have another problem on this side. And then the horse just keeps moving back and forth to get off of different pain areas to where they have no place to go but up or buck you off or run off. And the 
biggest thing with horses is they don't want to work no harder than they have to. And if they're doing a lot of work to get out of a little work, pain is the biggest problem that you got to hopefully get the right help to get under control and get it back to the good horse. Um, now, I know that you, you have uh, clinic tours. If if I attend one of your your tours, and I know uh, again I want to drive people to your website, Good Horse Gone Bad. Uh, what is it I'm going to see? I, I know you're a big advocate of safety because I've seen your safety video. Well, the biggest thing is, and it's something that's a lot of times it's hard to see some of these pain issues. So, um, you know, people bring horses. Of course, it's the one that's bucked off five people. Uh, maybe even put somebody in the hospital. That's the ones they seem to show up in my clinic to say, let's see you fix this one. You know, I have several people look at me and say, you won't fix this one. There's no way. And so what I do a lot of times is I get on the horse and I let him do whatever he has been doing to the owners just to prove to the people that it's not the owner's fault here. You know, the owner says this horse rares up. Well, guess what? I turn to the right, he reared up. You know, I've trained him on a lot of horses. Now, if he rares up with them and he rares up with me, then it's not an owner problem. Um, and then I just end up asking the horse to do a lot of things. I get off the animal. Then I go around and start probing. I start asking the animal to turn his head to the right. He rears up with me on the ground. Now he turns to the left. So, you know, a bad horse doesn't pick one direction to get bad. If he's going to be bad, it doesn't matter which way he turns. So I start going over the animal and showing the people and putting stickers on all the places that this animal hurts. Well, when I get done and we have eight to nine different pain issues here, then the people are like, oh, you know. And then so at the clinic, well, maybe with a chiropractor, we might eliminate four or five pain issues. The rest of his problems might have to go to a veterinarian, uh, put him on whatever, joint problems, whatever. <clears throat> but when I eliminate four or five problems, I'll get back on the animal and I ride him off, and the people are just like, you've got to be kidding. Well, when you have four of your pain issues gone and the other four all of a sudden you feel half better and the animals ride right off i mean they'll ride they'll stop they'll back they'll do all the things they wouldn't do 15 minutes before we fix the pain issues well now something i know about you uh in addition to being an outstanding horseman is that you're also an inventor of sorts what can you tell me about this new halter that you've invented well i tell you like i said you know i do Bad horses. A lot of horses come in. Never been led. Uh, one day it was, it was just crazy. I wish I could tell you a great story how I sat down and designed this halter. Unfortunately, it was an accident. Um, <laughs> one day, I had a um, horse drag me through the arena and cracked two ribs. Um, I got upset just for the idea that I'm getting part of being drugged. So I just walked outside of my barn and looked at this guy and says. The man above, there's got to be a halter that can stop this, and the horse loves and understands. Uh, probably wasn't much more than a half hour later. Ideas started popping in my head. The next day, I went to the hardware store and um, came up with screws and these little oh uh, nuts that were rounded, uh, put on the halter. The next day, same horse. Everything stopped. The animal started, you know, really working on understanding what I wanted. The animal did not know. Um, and then they designed the halter, 
and it has just been fantastic. It took 50% of them made my job easier. The animal understands it. Um, I've got several videos on there of horses they couldn't load. I put the halter on, loaded the horse. And what's cool about it, the halter, it doesn't tighten up. And the biggest thing, which a lot of people knows, horses learn on release. As soon as you pull on the horse, he moves from the buttons, it releases, he understands, that's where I want him to be. And they love it. I mean, I've used it on Mustangs, um, and it's just phenomenal how quickly that the animals respond to it. I just put a cow halter together that I am selling all over the United States, now moving into countries, different countries, and I put the same method on a cow, steer, heifer, whatever, and they just respond to it fantastic. I mean, in minutes, these animals are hooking up to you and following you around and doing what you're asking to do from the halter. Well, Ed, uh, all, all I can say is I respect everything you have done and everything you, you can you continue to do. And, again, uh, his name is Ed Crothers, C-R-O-T-H-E-R-S, if you want to Google him. But, again, uh, the website that you want to go to, and correct me if I'm wrong, Ed, is Good Horse Gone Bad. Is that correct? That is correct. Okay. Well, boy, I could talk with you for another half an hour, but i got to take a break and bring in my good friend Tom Law for the handicapping segment. And it was great to see you last week, and uh, I won't, it won't be as long between now and then. And I hope someday you'll come back and be a guest with us on Winning Ponies again. Well, John, thanks for having me, and call me anytime. Absolutely, I will. That's Ed Crothers. Again, good horse gone bad. Check this site out. There, if, you, uh, if you love horses or you want to find out about some cutting-edge things that uh, Ed has come up with, there are so many different areas of his website you can go to that are very, very interesting. All right, we're going to take a quick break here, and when we come back, we'll be talking with writer, handicapper, Saratogian, Tom Law. <laughs> Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form, the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let winningponies.com make some money for you. Every Wednesday, you'll want to talk sports with touchdown Tony Collins and his co-host Bill Mattis. Tony's broken records and has been to the Pro Bowl and the Super Bowl. We'll talk about what's happening in sports every week with news, action, and notable guests from all aspects of the sports world. We'll also involve you by discussing questions and topics of interest sent in via email from listeners all over the world. Become what you believe. Tune into Sports Talk with Touchdown Tony Collins, Wednesdays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Sports. 
This Is It Sports is an engaging talk program that includes you, the experts, and sports, all moderated by Coach Carl Hargrave. We'll talk about what's going on in the general sports world, collegiate and professional, take a look at youth-oriented sports, athletic development and sportsmanship, faith, and where it has its place in sports, along with a lively discussion with Coach Carl every week. Tune in to This Is It Sports with Coach Carl Hargrave every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and with me is Tom Laws. You know he's one of my favorite guests. He's made... Many repeat uh, returns here, and uh, I don't feel like I'm imposing because I feel like I'm talking to a, to a good friend when I talk to him. Of course, he's uh, the managing editor of ST Publishing, and I had to actually bother him at work tonight. Uh, he is uh, currently working on the first edition of the Saratoga Special. Now, you listeners can get this online. I know we've got people everywhere from uh, Florida to Chicago to California that aren't near the spa, but if you happen to be in Saratoga, uh, the Saratoga Special is actually handed out free. And uh, so with no further ado, I bring to you Saratogian native Tom Law. Tom, how are you doing? I'm doing great, John. How are you tonight? Uh, I'm good because I'm in air conditioning. Now, I, I read that uh, they're taking some special uh, you know, efforts to make sure that, that the, the horses and the fans stay as cool as they can up there on opening day. Yes, uh, weather forecast is calling for temperatures, you know, in the mid to upper 90s, I guess, tomorrow. So, yeah, the New York Racing Association put out that statement uh, earlier today saying they were going to, you know, take all the special steps that they possibly could to keep everybody comfortable. And obviously the the horses are their, uh, what I read today was their first, second, and third priorities, really, uh, as they should be. And, uh, you know, hopefully it'll be uh, safe. And, and and safe racing conditions for tomorrow for the like like you said the first day of the meet is uh, tomorrow hard to believe yeah it really is and of course this being the 150th anniversary meet at Saratoga uh, you're someone that grew up in town uh, describe to me as you walk down Union Ave or Broadway or whatever uh, are you seeing some things different I mean the the town always embraced the meat, but this being the 150th anniversary, what are we seeing special? It's giving it a little bit more of a community feel. I think a lot of the people in the in the local community who, like you said, they, they do embrace the racing season, but it's giving them something to kind of hang their hat on the rest of the year. I know that the events started in May, June, uh, and they, they continue right on through the meet. So, uh, and they're all, all different kinds of events. They have, uh, Civil War and Revolutionary War reenactments and and all kinds of things, not necessarily all racing related uh, things. So it's, it's sort of a, a four month festival, so to speak, uh, you know, leading up to the racing tomorrow, and then I think the official sort of celebration is is commemorated sometime in early August. 
but uh, yeah, there's there's tons of signage uh, all over town, you know, as there normally is for the racing. But then they have a sort of a special Saratoga 150 logo, which is a, a, a red oval logo with some uh, bright yellow lettering, which is is really visible all over town. And you can uh, buy these little pins that you can wear on your lapel, and they kind of get you in. Uh, freed all these different events that they have all over town. And they had uh, last month they had a, a film series up at Skidmore College here where they showed uh, Sea Biscuit Secretary and another old movie from the 20s and 30s called Saratoga, um, which is an old classic uh, movie, black and white, that showed a lot of really cool uh, scenes from old Saratoga as well. Um, but uh, yeah, it's been it's it's been quite a quite a run up to the to the season and of course you know the the real reason is uh is tomorrow and and right on through labor day well yeah i know that they're even having the uh, hats off the saratoga festival so even after the races from 7 to 11 uh, downtown they're going to have a dozen bands lining broadway in the nearby streets i've always told uh, our listeners uh, that if they've never been to Saratoga and they are a lover of racing, that it's something they have to do before they die because there's just something special in the air about that place. And you, you, you're lucky enough to, to, to be there now and to be on the grounds. Uh, well, what's the buzz there? Because all I can tell you is I, I was in on an interview with Todd Pletcher this week. I know that he has 100 juveniles in training. I mean, last year he won 23 of the baby races. Uh, obviously, you've got the creme de la creme of racing up there. Uh, what's the feel, if you can describe it? I know you can write it. Well, you know, obviously the town always gets uh, really excited for it, but I, I do think this year uh, in particular there's a, there's a little bit more excitement for the racing, and, and I think uh, I wrote a story for, for tomorrow's like, uh, edition of the Saratoga Special, like you said, which uh, people can pick up all over town. You can also download it on our website, This Is Horse Racing. Dot com, um, which kind of focused on the fact of all the stars that there are at Saratoga. The two-year-olds are always uh, get a lot of buzz, and we have a Schuylerville Stakes tomorrow, two-year-old Philly race, and a Sanford on Monday uh, or on Sunday, which is a good uh, good barometer for two-year-old males. But but this year, you know, it really looks like a lot of uh, stars from all different divisions are all pointing to Saratoga. Of course, the the three uh, Triple Crown race winners, uh, Orr, Boxbow, and Palace Malice, are all as of right now, on target for the Travers, and it's it's almost later than it normally is when the when those horses start to sort of fall by the wayside. They're still intact and still kind of headed in that direction. And of course, the you know the arguably the best horse in training in the world is uh, Wise Dan, and of course he's here. Uh, got a good chance to spend some time with Charlie Lapresti yesterday out at his barn, and and just kind of stood in front of Wise Dan's stall and did an interview with Charlie. And, um, you know, it was good to reconnect with him from my days in Lexington and, and chat with him while Wise Dan took a nap. And uh, But he's, he's getting ready to run. Charlie um, is, is looking at a couple races up here at Saratoga, probably leaning toward the four-star Dave again with him. But, you know, when, when you have the horse of the year on the ground, you have all the Triple Crown race winners on the ground. And then, you know, you have last year's Breeders' Cup Classic winner, Fort Larned is here. The Kentucky Oaks winner, Princess of Silmar, is here. Uh, you know, Royal Delta may run later in the meet. She's going to run in the Delaware Handicap, I think, this weekend. I was a little disappointed. I hope she was run. Hope she would run earlier, but uh, you know, she's been beaten up here. So I think maybe they want to keep her away from here again. But uh, you know, and the list really goes on and on. There's a, a real uh, top top 
group of horses that are, you know, all focusing in on Saratoga as they, as they often do, but, uh, sometimes they, they fall by the wayside maybe by the time we get to July and August, but this year they're, they're, uh, all systems are go as of, uh, you know, today, touch wood, July 18th, uh, about, you know, a little less than, uh, you know, 18 hours for the first post. Well, uh, all I know is that the Travers, uh, hopefully all those horses are going to stay sound and take a good track and, uh, to to the race. Uh, I was there in 1982, the last time the three Triple Crown individual winners ran against each other. And, of course, the winner was none other than Runaway Groom. Runaway Groom. Yeah, <laughs> Nobody exactly. expected. That's funny you mentioned that race. That's, uh, uh, that's really Lula one of the races. And Conquistador Cielo yeah. was third. So uh, yeah. that was uh, Gato del Sol. A lot of people thought that, that Runaway Groom was Gato del Sol because he was the other gray in the race. And it would have been mm-hmm. neat to see a one, two, three, triple ground trifecta, but that was not to be. Yeah, sure. That that race is uh, funny you mentioned that race. Uh, I was a big Easy Goer fan when I was younger, but that race was really the kind of the race that, really piqued my interest as a youngster growing up here in Saratoga, the fact that you could have all these, uh, you know, so-called uh, superstar-type horses, especially a horse like Cagusa or Cielo's level, and then sort of this uh, obscure kind of relative unknown horse, at least, uh, you know, he was relatively unknown in the press, and he was a fairly accomplished horse up in Canada, but uh, came down here and just upset them all. I, just, I was just fascinated by the fact that something like that could happen, and I think, you know, that, that's kept my interest, uh, you know, helped fuel my interest all along ever since then. So I, I, I remember, remember when, well. I watched when, it from the quarter yeah. pole and have photos to prove it. Well, listen, I've got Mr. Saratoga, and I've got Mr. Saratoga special with me. And uh, so let's uh, let's get our teeth into a couple races. I didn't want to jump right into the weekend. I thought we'd start out with uh, tomorrow's uh, feature, the Schuylerville Grade 3 into here. And uh, once again, the Toddster uh, looks like he's in here with a powerful twosome and Elena strikes. And yes, Liz. But I'll tell you what, there's a few other guys in town. Uh, Brett Calhoun, that looks like he's got a horse that could be uh, very dangerous. And uh, a guy you've heard of before by the name of uh, Steve Asmussen. Have you handicapped this race? And if so, who the heck close to the top? Because there's so much potential in here. Yeah, it's a good, a pretty good uh, renewal of this race. Um, you know, obviously it's always a, a lightly raced group of horses. And, and a little side note: Yes, Liz actually entered. Um, Todd Butcher entered her in Sunday Sanford. Um, I guess maybe uh, I don't know if that shows that maybe he's going to run Elena Strikes and not her. But uh, interesting angle there. I, I actually I did hand, I, I ended up picking uh, Brett Calhoun's horse, Bana, uh, elusive quality filly that that just was super impressive in her debut uh, back on June 6th at Churchill. You know, if, if anybody has access to the replay, you should take a look at this race. I mean, you, you'll never see uh, a horse win almost as easy as, as this filly did. And, and uh, she's really kind of a neat little horse. She's a, a, a tiny little horse. I almost felt like she could uh, walk out of her stall right under the webbing without even having to duck down. She's so small, <laughs> but uh, you know, she's got all the, the right parts in all the right places and, and, and Brett Calhoun's not a guy that uh, spends a lot of time in years past up here in Saratoga, and he was excited to be here. And he's got another filly named Fifty Shades of Gold that uh, is probably going to run later in the meet. She's actually, from what I understand, I haven't seen her. She's not here yet, but um, she's sort of like the polar opposite of this horse. She's supposed to be really big and, and, and strong and powerful looking, whereas this filly, uh, you know, like I said, very diminutive and, and small. But I picked her. I like uh, the horse on the outside a little bit, Tom Albertrani's. Uh, Philly, True Blue Nation, 
she she ran a really good race at at almost eighteen to one in her debut. And Albertani's not a guy that's uh, known for you know winning two year old races in June um, with first time starters. And she just was uh, came off of a, a JJ Krupe's farm down in Ocala, ready to run, and, and she certainly did. And she ran really well in, in her debut. Uh, you know, obviously Fletcher and Asmussen are going to be tough in here. They they always are. But, uh, you know, so I, I guess I got the favorite on top of uh, a horse that's a little bit of a price. True Blue Nation's 12-1 to 1 on the line. Well, you know, who, who knows if he'll be the favorite. I think uh, a lot of people might see Todd Fletcher with two horses coupled and say, what, are you kidding me? You know, I get both right. these horses that one first time out. Uh, obviously, of the two, I'd have to give an edge to Yes Liz. Johnny V's going to be back up on the horse, and this horse, they say, just kicked away. Another advantage I think Pletcher has up there, part of the reason why he's had 23 winners, is so many of his horses are acclimated and stabled at Saratoga for so long before the meet starts, and some of these other horses are shipping in. That's right. Yeah, I've uh, spent a lot of time out at the Oklahoma track all spring and, and early parts of the summer, and you know, he occupied about four barns here with uh, with all his horses, and of course would would be he would be up here uh, from time to time from New York to watch him breeze, and he would quite often be here on uh, Mondays and Tuesdays to see them all. And, and yes, Liz and Elena Strikes are are two horses that he has had up here almost uh, almost all spring. I think yes, Liz came up came in a little bit later. She was uh, sold at the OBS April sale, and then she spent a little time in Ocala, but then she came up in in May and uh, has been here all along, and th- those two actually uh, train together quite a bit. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's uh, definitely an advantage for sure, I think, to, to be here. And, you know, we've had a really wet wet spring. In addition to we've had really hot weather lately, we had a really wet spring. So Todd mentioned the other day that maybe some of his two-year-olds might be a little bit uh, far further behind than his group was last year. But I think with the wet weather that we've had, everybody's a little bit behind. So, you know, you still guess you still give the edge to Todd just because he does so well with his young horses. Well, as tough as that race is, let's move on uh, to the ninth race uh, on Saturday. It's going to be the uh, the Shuvi Handicap uh, going a mile and an eighth. These, these are older Philly, Phillies and mares. Of course, all eyes, I think, will be on Evlo Sante, if I'm saying that right, who's a half sister to Zenyatta. Uh, obviously, she was she runs like Zenyatta, kind of lags behind early and makes a big effort. She's done nothing wrong in her first two starts. She'll get a new rider in Junior Alvarado on Saturday. Um, a lot of attention is going to go to her, without a doubt, and deservedly so. Uh, but I'm kind of leaning towards uh, authenticity, who's got a little edge on experience and has uh, been over the strip before and is coming into the race with two 100-plus buyers. Yeah, she's a, she's a tough horse, and I know that she was uh, – both her and Sea Island – or uh, both her and Summer Applause are both cross-entered in the uh, Delaware Handicap. And actually, I think Summer Applause is going to run in Delaware, and authenticity is going to stay in Saratoga. And, uh, yeah, like you said, she's uh, – She's tough. She's good around two turns. You know, she's she's very effective. She gets herself right in the race. Uh, Johnny V is going to ride, and and you know, uh, Todd is is has her ready. He's he's really high on her. She's been up here as well all spring, and uh, you know, since she ran in the uh, Ogden Phipps, she actually shipped down from here to run in, to run in the Ogden Phipps last time out. Ran second to Tismis Zoo, who's you know, nothing, no shame in running second to her. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing Ebu Sante. I haven't. Uh, she's not even here yet. She's, uh, she's still at really? Taiwan as of 
this morning. I think uh, I think Sheriff's was going to – he had a lot of young horses up here as well all spring, and I think he's going to flip-flop them. He's going to take his group from Belmont, and maybe maybe they – they, they, she could already be here by now, but she wasn't here this morning when I was out there. Nor was he. I was uh, I was hoping to get a chance to talk to him and, and reconnect with him. And so I had some great times with him, with Giacomo, of course, a couple of years ago, and then with uh, with Zenyatta, of course. He's a, a good friend of the media and a, just a really good guy. And um, but uh, yeah, I'm anxious to see how she does it. But I, but like you said, I think authenticity might be the might be the one to beat in there at uh, you know maybe a short price. But Ed Busante, I think, is gonna. Get a lot of attention. I think. Uh, well, I think it'd be good for racing, and obviously good for uh, uh, media gurus like you. If uh, Ed Lusante won the race, because all of a sudden you would have an undefeated sister to Zenyatta that's looking an awful lot like uh, you know her, her big sister. I think it would make for some great press for sure. But uh, we'll find out when they put him on the racetrack, because nobody's giving anything away to anybody up at Saratoga. No, absolutely not. Well, uh, uh, moving on. Uh, a race that uh, I do believe was always contested at Belmont Park um, for almost a hundred years. Uh, the Coaching Club American Oaks. It, it'll be run at a mile and an eighth. Uh, it's a very compact field, shall we say, of five. But I don't know if you could find five more evenly matched uh, uh, three-year-old fillies, uh, you know, on the East Coast for sure. Yeah, it's a tough one. I mean, like you said, it's a compact field. It's hard to draw a line through any of them, right on one through five. And of course, like I mentioned earlier, Kentucky Oaks winner is uh, is in here uh, with Princess of Silmar. She hasn't run since since the Oaks, in fact. And uh, but Todd, Todd's pretty high on how she's doing. He's happy with how she's doing. On and he also has unlimited budget in here. Who. They took, as he said, a, a calculated risk uh, running in the Belmont Stakes. She didn't, she didn't disrespect herself at all in there. She finished sixth. She only got beat uh, eight and a half lengths. So, um, you know, by no means <laughs> any kind of uh, embarrassment uh, in, in there at all. So, um, you know, I think a Philly like my happy face for, for Chad Brown stretching out for the first time. Uh, Joa Rosario is going to ride. Of course, she's no stranger to uh, to anybody. Uh, certainly, riding, having a career year and just a phenomenal year. And I think she could be okay. She may actually end up being the speed in here. And, and looking on paper, she may end up being the lone speed. So she certainly showed speed in on one, in one turn races, both in in Florida and New York. And and she, you know, had a huge win here last year in a. You know, uh, uh, 21 lengths. She won by 21 and a quarter. So, you know, she likes the track. Well, and and that's that's a big part of uh, any time when you have a boutique meet, as you know. Uh, uh, Keeneland's another example of you know, horses that like it, like it. Uh, you know, yeah. the short meet at Saratoga, horses that like it, like it. And uh, again, my happy face. It, it looks to me like she's a filly that's kind of coming back to her form. You know, uh, she hadn't raced from November to January, where she ran second to Cowie Katie, which is no embarrassment. And then obviously uh, they had her wound up for her next one. She went off at one to two. Uh, with Rosario in the saddle, uh, winning a, a minor stake at that. But, yeah, I think there's a lot of upside to this filly. I'm kind of leaning towards horse that may well be the favorite, unlimited budget, only because I I think she's got uh, enough controlling speed um, that uh, she, she might uh, you know dominate this group. 
quite frankly, I, I don't know if you can throw the Belmont out or should she even have been in the Belmont. I don't know if that was an ego thing, uh, not by Pletcher, but by the ownership of the horse. But, uh, yeah. again, you know, a mile and a half, she gets beat by the boys. I think you put a line through that one. Um, I was at the Kentucky Oaks. She did get hammered pretty good at the start, and I can't say she lost all chance, but it certainly hurt her. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm kind, of, I'm kind of leaning a little bit towards her, but, of course, I got no problem uh, taking a hard look at Princess of Silmar, who won the Kentucky Oaks. I mean, this horse, uh, outside of its maiden race, has been nothing but sensational. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I think we've, I think we've just about talked about everybody except so Q the Moon and Marathon Lady, and I, I think those, those two maybe Q the Moon might be a little bit of an outsider in here, but uh, Marathon Lady could be another one that's, uh, you know, ran really well. It's just got ran down in the Black Eyed Susan going a mile and eighth by Fifty Shades of Hay, who's a, a really nice filly who came back and won again. Um, you know, Steve Hobby not a guy that's uh, around Saratoga very much. So he's, he's shipping her up here for a reason, but uh, yeah, a lot of proven, uh, proven commodities in here for sure. Uh, horses that are, have done well around two turns and, and a couple of question marks at, 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 or at two turns. So it's uh, it's a good race for a five horse field. Well, I would say for, for handicappers, you don't want to uh, push your button early on this race. I think what you want to do is, is watch the tote board as evenly matched as this group is. Um, somebody's got to be the favorite, and you're going to find value. I mean, we just, like you said, we made a case for four of the five horses in in, in here uh, legitimately. So, you know, for our yeah. friends that are listening to the show who like to make a bet, I would say uh, make, make your bet uh, late in the game if you can because, uh, you know, this is just a really top group of fillies, and each one has talent, and each one might have an excuse for any loss they they might have had. Again, that's the Coaching Club American Oaks, one of those races that uh, you know, used to be run at a long time for at, at a mile and a half, a mile and a quarter, and I don't know if they changed it because of the breed of the animal or what, but now it's run at a mile and an eighth. And it was but won't run in New York for so many years, but they've moved it up to the spa. Of course, the spa changing their schedule a little bit, stretching out. I can understand it. Well, we've got three minutes left, and I, and I can't be an East Coast homer. Um, so we had opening day at Del Mar. Didn't have the largest crowd ever, but they did have one of their best handles ever. And, of course, another boutique meet, shall we call it. And uh, the Eddie Reed's a grade one um, for whatever reasons, uh, it's not it's not the strongest Grade One field I've ever seen. Um, I'm I know I threw this out to you, and you said, "Yeah, I'll have to do some handicapping." It is a turf race, <laughs> a mile and eighth. Uh, did you get a feel for anybody in here? Because I'm all over the board. Yeah, I am too. It was uh, it's a real tough one. You know, it's it's like you said, it's not the strongest renewal of it ever. But uh, you know, I think. Some of these horses may end up wind up in the Breeders' Cup just because it's on the West Coast this year, and this is a West Coast group, uh, pretty much exclusively a West Coast group of horses. Yeah, I've been a, a Geronimo fan for a long time. I think maybe you might like uh, some of the other California tracks maybe a little bit better. He ran fourth last time out in the in the Shoemaker, really with, without much of an excuse in kind of a small field. So, you know... At first, I, I sort of thought, oh, well, he's in there. He might be okay. And then I kind of, the more I looked at it, I thought, you know, I don't know. And then, I don't know, the more I started looking at it, I thought maybe so fast. He's a two-horse, Gary Mandela for uh, the Wertheimer brothers. He's going to make his first start in the U.S. Uh, 
after running in France and he run a group one company over there in, in Europe and, and knocking on the door and in group one races as a two year old and running in the French Derby and the Prix Jean Pratt as a, as a three year old. Yeah, but he's, he's a question okay. mark horse, for Tom. You know, he's a, he hasn't won a race in two seasons, so mm-hmm. we'll find out. And this is this is his uh, his uh, you know U.S. debut. Well, listen, uh, I'm up against the clock. The main thing is tell people again about the Saratoga Special, how they get it online, and what they're going to see. Sure, 35 uh, issues throughout the course of the Saratoga meeting. Uh, first issue coming out tomorrow. You'll be able to. Uh, get it all over town at the racetrack on the backside. Uh, you'll also be able to uh, available for download at the thisishorseracing.com, which is our website, which goes all year round. But we'll also have there's a ton of Saratoga preview content on there already. We've been uh, getting ready for the meet, and of course, the Saratoga Special has uh, a lot of really unique stories about the racing and and the community of Saratoga. Uh, a little bit more than you might read anywhere else. You know, maybe I'm a little bit biased, but we I like to think we got the stories behind the stories and the stories of the people and the stories of the horses. And, and we also got plenty of handicapping information in there as well. My picks are in there now. I used to uh, handicap for the pink sheet. Now I'm off the pink sheet. I said, why why be pink when you can be special this year? So pick up the Saratoga special. <laughs> All right. Well, we've been talking uh, uh, with, with Tom Law, one of my favorite people out there in the world of horse racing. Tom, have a great time up at the spa. I hope you have a super meet, and I will be downloading the Saratoga special off your website every day. You can count on that. Good deal. Tell your friends and uh, have a good Saratoga meet. Well, I just told a couple thousand of them that I will have a good meet, and I might just sneak up there and see you. You never know. So we've been talking uh, with Tom Law, uh, one of my favorite people, an Eclipse Award winner. And, again, I want to thank Ed Crothers uh, for his input on horse health and all that he's done. And I want to thank my producer, Dee, for keeping me in line and hopefully not getting me out of here late. So thanks so much for tuning in to Winning Ponies. And remember, if you bring a friend to the races, make sure you practice safe bets. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network.